This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. Barkley off the left side. Here he goes. Look at the speed. Oh, my goodness. Breaks a tackle. Going to take it to the house. 92 yards. Tying with the defender. Saquon Barkley. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. This is Moose's Mulligans. Welcome back, and I'm your host, Alex Dreisak. Bing bong! Hello! Make sure to check out the show at our official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. That's moosesmulligans.weebly.com. Also, give us a like on Facebook and a follow on Twitter for the latest news. Okay then, so we'll keep in touch. A lot of good stuff going on in sports this week, and I definitely later want to take a look at the college football bowl system and some of the strong opinions I have on it for the future. But first, to start off the show, we got a lot of good viewer uh, questions and comments this week. Thank you for sending those in. You're welcome. So these viewer discussion questions are where I want to start. Uh, You can send in your own at our website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. Or uh, on Facebook Messenger, if you go to our page, or uh, tweet at us. So the first question I got that I really liked and wanted to talk about was, uh, are the NBA players just crybabies, or is the refereeing really that bad? Well, first of all, I mean, I texted Ben Huff about this, and he thinks they're crybabies about it. And you are a million, million dollars paid athletes that... You know, it does seem like you're whining a lot, but first of all, I feel bad for the NBA refs because they have to watch these gigantic players bumping into each other on such a small wooden court with such a loud crowd surrounding them in a dome that lets no sound out whatsoever. And they have to decide whether uh, he set himself and it's a split-second decision or he has to decide whether the ball was tipped or it hit he hit a wrist, and it's 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 a lot, and it's a lot when you've got a six foot eight, two hundred fifty pound guy like LeBron James, bumping into somebody like a six foot nine, two hundred forty pound Kevin Durant, and then they both turn and look at you, palms up, eyes wide open, mouth just ready to yell at you. Now, I don't know if it'd really be much help, but some of the solutions that have been proposed that I've heard are like a fourth ref, just because some of these are just really close calls. They think a fourth ref will be in the right position to make the call. I'm not so sure. Uh, I, they, these live speed plays are so close anyway. And that was another idea is that the live speed plays are so close that we should bring replay into it. And once you bring replay into this, it's gonna, every, almost every play has one of these. It's, it's way too close. We going to slow down the game way too much like free throws already do. But I digress. Another one, someone said make the rim 12 feet high. <laughs> I kind of like that one more, honestly, and a court 10 to 20 yards longer. I didn't say which way, but, I mean, maybe t- 5 longer one way, 10 longer the other. I don't know. Either way, they need to make more room on the sideline for these big guys. If you ever watch a game, they're all just 
huddled in on the sideline and laying down before they check in to go to a game by the scores. I don't know. It just doesn't look right. Either way, the the one that would be hilarious, that there's no way we could ever do it, would be the honor system. You know, James Harden accidentally fouls a guy, throws him down, and he goes, that, that was me. Just raise your hand. Put your hand up. That was That was me. That was on me. I want to make this perfectly clear. There is absolutely no way I would possibly consider doing something like this. Yeah, I don't think we could go honor code in the NBA. Next question I want to look at was involving Wade Davis just signing with the Rockies. Uh, the bullpen now for the Rockies is really building up. And the question was, which bullpen would you rather have, the Yankees or the Rockies? Yeah. And I wish it said which ballpark and manager I get with it, because the bullpen goes so far in baseball with your manager and how you manage it throughout the year. But it looks like what they were asking me was, what talent-wise, at the beginning of the year, which bullpen would you rather start with? Now, Mark Burquist and I were discussing this, and he said that he would take the sexy pick in the Rockies. I would, I would have to say, you know, that's you know they got Wade Davis, Adam Ottavino, Brian Shaw just got added, uh, Jake McGee, Dunn, Rusin, and uh, Oberg. Yeah, so. Uh, I, to me, that's still not enough, though. Uh, yes, Dylan Batances was sketchy at the end of 2017 for the Yankees, but I still love the list without him, even. I mean, you got Chapman, Robertson, great at getting ground balls, great curveball. Uh, you got Canley with great swing and miss stuff. Uh, you got, if they do add a fifth starter, then Shane Green goes back to the bullpen, which is huge. Uh, having Green in the pen would be huge. Uh, I think Shreve is underrated, and uh, the young players of... Ben Heller, Domingo uh, Herman, and Jonathan Holder. They're very good young throwers for the Yankees that helped them in that late playoff run and were late call-ups, and they look like they're really good and could help a lot this year. So, I, I mean, I think I'm still going to stay with the Yankees on that one. And if you think about it, you get a bonus, too, if Batances ever figures it out. But I, every now and then he shows up and un, unhittable. Every you know, the other times he shows up and he's unhittable, but he's walking everybody. <laughs> All right, the last question I got. Maybe we could talk about something else. If I was an NFL head coach, where's the best place to go for a job this offseason? You know, I've heard a lot of talk about the Giants and the Bengals. I heard the Giants because you have an experienced quarterback in Eli Manning. You have a great wide receiver core, even though they're hurt, and you're hoping they come back. You got a good defense still, even though they're getting older. Uh, yeah, you do have some locker room issues, though, that you need to clear up that aren't cleared up yet. And uh, for the Bengals, uh, you've got Dalton, who has always kind of scared, scared me at quarterback a little bit. you got a running back in Mixon, who kind of has an attitude problem uh, we've been, you know, seeing, and now it's starting to come out again. And, uh, I mean, A.J. Green's a very star-wide receiver, and they still have good defense. Hopefully, Burvick can come back healthy. But to me... It's it's Houston. That was the first one that popped up to my mind, and I'm gonna get a little scrutiny for this because Houston's lost some stuff that other teams haven't. So I'm hearing Bill O'Brien will choose to leave the Texans, or they may fire him anyway. We're all basing this off rumors anyway because we don't really know yet where the jobs gonna be available. Except, well, the Giants are pretty obvious, and I think the Lions should be pretty obvious too. But I'm going to go, I, I think the Texans, you know, normally when you have an injury-riddled season, it means you underperform, and then you get good draft picks. And then those guys who are hurt, if they come back healthy, 
they're with those good draft picks and everything kind of clicks. But Houston traded to get a quarterback named Deshaun Watson. So they gave up their first and second round picks this year to Cleveland to move up to get him. I still think it was worth it, even with the injury. We don't know if Watson will come back as explosive after the injury, but I'm I'm okay with it. I'm 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 okay with what I saw from Deshaun Watson. That's totally fine with me. the The only bad news is the O line's really struggling, and I, and you lose the two draft picks. But I mean, if JJ Watt comes back, even three fourths of the player he is, it's going to be unbelievable. They've got a good defense. It's still pretty young. They've got to work on the O line, but they've got good wide receivers. I love Deontay Foreman. I think he's got good potential at running back. Just got to be patient with him. And if they get Watson back anywhere near where he was before, they're they're a really solid team. And you know when you when you look at these other teams that are going to be looking for head coaches and compare the quarterbacks to Deshaun Watson, it's not even going to be close. They're going they're going to have other problems too that I don't want to take on. I mean. Some teams even have an owner problem. Like I don't, I would not work for the Colts. I just, I don't, I don't want to deal with their owner. It's just part of the job. If you have a rough owner to deal with, then it's going to make life hell for you as a GM. And then he's going to blame you when they suck and fire you. So I, that's one place I definitely wouldn't go. But you know, I'm going to go with with Houston. You know, I, and I still miss Deshaun Watson on my fantasy team. You know, good times. <laughs> Good times. All right. Real quick break here, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the college football bowl season, and I am what the hell is wrong with it, honestly, and no other way to say it. Right here on Moose's Mulligan. on the official Moose's Mulligan's website. You see, you start out with a little bit of oil, and you fry some garlic. Then you throw in some tomatoes, tomato paste, you fry it, you make sure it doesn't stick. You got it to a boil, you shove in all your sausage and your meatballs. Huh? And a little bit of wine. And a little bit of sugar. And that's my trick. Why don't you cut the crap? I got more important things for you to do. How's Paulie? Oh, Paulie won't see him no more. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. All right, welcome back here to Mrs. Mulligan's. So now we're going to get into that topic I wanted to talk about, which is the college football bowl season. And I know I came out aggressive talking about what's wrong with it and all these things. I know. But it may not be as bad as you think. And, you know, I always love being a little aggressive. So first first of all, before we can get into what we can do with bowl games, we need to look at where these bowl games started and why they started. You got it. So... Basically, what is a bowl game? You know, in college sports always have these different names for their national championship tournaments. You know, March Madness, uh, whatever bowl is chosen to be 
the national championship bowl, like it could be the Sugar Bowl or the Rose Bowl. But actually, you know, those names for the Bulls came because the stadiums were named that. And for about 31 years, there was just no true postseason in college football. And then at the end of 1901, a parade in California started inviting the best Eastern team in football to come out and play the best Western team in football. And so other areas started trying to do the same thing. And uh, about 73 years later, everyone agreed that bowls should count towards national title games. Some more bowls showed up. Now it's about almost 100 years since then, since that first bowl was held. And about one bowl per year got to call itself the title game. And let's say, like in 2014 when the playoffs started, now six bowls are called, could be a possibility of a playoff semifinal. They kind of switch off every year. Now, like, the Rose Bowl game is a playoff game this year, and I think it's the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, so we've uh, gone from just one postseason game to just tons of them, and the question is, what, what, what is happening? So... There are so many bowls because now you've got places like ESPN that show these bowl games, and we're up to 40 bowl games now during bowl season. Oh my! And that's everything from the Idaho Potato Bowl to the Honolulu Hawaii Bowl, and there's there's so many bowls, and these the real key is you look at the advertisement on the front, like it used to be the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, now it's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And that's where this is really drawing in on bowl games. You look at the whole New Year's 6 ESPN, we know we'll get good viewership because they've been building the hype all year of who's in. And now that we know who's in, we can yell about it and stuff, which I'll get into in a second. But these bowl, these bowls have such silly names and stuff, and you may be asking yourself why. It's because, you know, I don't know if my company would want to sponsor a bowl game that gets 10,000 people to show up to the game. And until I really knew the numbers, I, I mean, in person, not as big a deal. But on TV, I was I was pretty shocked to see how good the numbers were in the bowl games. Really? Uh, the Stanford game against TCU was viewed, it was over 4 million people were watching that on ESPN. And the game... That was also on that people weren't watching, only 1.9 million were watching, were the Celtics and the Rockets. Hold on, hold on, relax. Everybody relax. (laughs) That that surprises me. I really thought more people would be watching the Celtics-Rockets than the college football bowl game, where we had a few players sitting out that are draft eligible and think they're going to go high in the draft because the NFL scouts don't need to see one more game uh, with three to four weeks of preparation, so the defense knows exactly where they're going to be. And the chance of them getting hurt, too, is just too too much for the draft. So then we start missing some of the most exciting players. Thank you to Saquon Barkley, by the way, at Penn State, for playing, because that was an exciting game. You're welcome. So who's in charge of picking all these bowl games is the other question I really wanted to look into and talk to you guys about. It's it's a combination of the bowls and the teams themselves. There's some conference oversight, you know. Some bowls are tied into conferences, you know. You, you see 
the Rose Bowl with the Big Ten and Pac-12 sometimes, and and uh, you can you can really see some good tie-ins and some good matchups. It was USC Ohio State this year was at the Cotton Bowl, and <laughs> my dad and I looked at each other and we're like, "That's just a Rose Bowl game. Why don't they just play that at the Rose Bowl?" And the whole point is because the Rose Bowl game is being used as a semifinal for Oklahoma versus Georgia. So it kind of took away from the game a little bit for me, but that's because, you know, I'm a historic. Yeah, probably. So these bowl games are picked by a committee that decides who they think will be best for the bowl game. So they think who will bring in the most crowd, who will bring in the most TV audience, and honestly, which teams they like the most. And, and sometimes conference does come into play. But I think this decision process needs to be a little better. We saw some terrible matchups where Michigan State had to come out here to the Holiday Bowl in my area, which is now the San Diego County Credit Union Stadium. It's, it's Qualcomm. It's, it's the Q. That's no, no one's ever going to call it anything else. But they had to come out here and kick Washington State's butt up and down the field when they should have been playing the Outback Bowl instead of Michigan against South Carolina. Yeah! Now, I know my Go Blue part of my family doesn't like to hear this, but Michigan State was better than Michigan. Just, they beat Michigan head-to-head. They had a better record, a better record in conference. I, I'm... Michigan State got snubbed. There's no other way to say it. Now, how did this happen? And it came down to a vote between the committee of the Outback Bowl, who they would rather have. And they decided to have a repeat of their 2013 matchup of Michigan against South Carolina. And this will be on January 1st. So they get a New Year's Bowl. And Michigan State got stuck playing, I think it was like three, four days ago. I guess a team they are way better than. Way better than. And just taking them to town. San Diego's a nice town to get sent to. They got lucky on that end of it. But it's still not as big a bull. Not as much excitement. Not as much for their fans. And just to be honest, they just got snubbed because of a bull voting. That was incorrect in my mind. They just must have thought Michigan would draw more fans. But... I'm I'm confused on this, and that's where my bold decisions start to crumble a little bit. And I I want to see the best matchups, of course. And so what what I want to transition this into now is talking about making sure that we have the best competitive football for the playoffs. Yeah. So how can we ensure that we get the best playoff system possible, the best bowl series, whatever? bowl mania season possible it's going to be difficult that's the thing they made this selection committee and they've already seen tons of scrutiny which we kind of expected would always happen but when you really start to look at it what's going to be the best way to do it now i've heard a lot of talk about going to eight teams for the playoffs yes all right Woo! and the more i think about it the more i think it's a bad idea you know, I'm all, I was all for watching, you know, more teams make it. But then I started to think about it and started to look at professional sports right now. I was watching the NFL playoffs, and they're just about to start. 
it's the last week of the regular season, and teams already have their seats kind of locked in, and they're starting to rest guys, and that doesn't make me want to watch the game. So if we have eight teams, and let's say you're Alabama and you're sitting 11-0, and it's this year, you just beat Mercer 52 to who knows, and you look, and you're like, well... I mean, we got the four seed the last time we did this, and we when we lost to Auburn, we didn't even go to the conference championship, and eight teams are going to make it. Why risk playing an extra game in the SEC championship? Why risk trying hard against Auburn and getting some players hurt and getting worn down before the playoffs? So it really takes away from the excitement of the of the Iron Bowl game. And it would take away of a lot of exciting football in that conference playoff time, in that rivalry time, when it's Michigan-Ohio State. And I don't want to see that. I want to still see competitive football between those two. So I don't think eight teams is the way to go. Now, somebody offered me a contrary in saying that you have eight teams and five of them are the conference champions from the big five conferences. That's Pac-12. Big 12, Big 10, SEC, and ACC. Now, now you get into the scrutiny of a team like UCF. And you say, oh, UCF isn't in a major conference, but they're pretty damn good. Why don't they get an automatic bid for being undefeated or something like that? And that that's where we're going to start having too many issues for me with that these Power Five conferences are going to be given guaranteed spots. More recruits are going to go there. It's going to be more lopsided, and I don't want to see that in college football. College football is doing much better than pro football. Let's not change that right now. <laughs> Kaboom! So now you die into the bowl committee. So I think I think going four teams is solid. I think that's a good idea. You tie into the bowl committee's decision to pick Alabama over Ohio State, and they said prestige came into it, what they did in the past. Which shouldn't matter in college sports, by the way, because players are recycling in and out faster than any other point, except college basketball, of course. But the point is, I was looking at all the different ranking systems that came up point-wise for the bowl selections and for the playoff selections, and all of them would take into this, like, FPI and ELO stuff for schedule, and, and you know, and uh, they would do their record strength, schedule strength, game control. Did they win their conference? That's a big one that's kind of gone by the wayside in college football. But by every, every chart I saw, Ohio State was above Alabama, except one, which didn't take into consideration record or um, strength of schedule. That was the only one that didn't take it in. And then, then Alabama passed Ohio State by one point in their chart, how they charted it. So if every point system fans are trying to come up with to sort this thing out is not matching up with the playoff committee, we need to have a better communication from the playoff committee about what they're really looking for. Because they said conference championships, which is incorrect, because last year Penn State went home, Ohio State went on, Penn State beat Ohio State head-to-head, went to the conference championship, and won the conference championship. So I need a little more clarity from the bowl committee. The only other solution that I do kind of like is six teams. You give the top two teams a bye, 
So Clemson and Oklahoma would have had buys. And then, in my opinion, it would have been, like, uh, Georgia against USC and then Ohio State against Alabama or Georgia against Wisconsin or UCF. It just opens it up a little bit more. But now you tie into the bye, and we're already waiting four weeks for a bowl game, and it just starts to drag on. So uh, right now, just stay with the four teams. I just think the bowl committee needs to do a better job of communicating with us about what the hell they want. (laughs) And it's always going to be a beauty contest when it comes down to people making decisions like that. And obviously Alabama will win that beauty contest every time. (laughs) And that's Alabama's role. They're going to keep this playoff in their favor as much as possible because of Nick Saban still there, right? I mean, that's that's what this is going to be all the time. All right, that's all the time we have for this week on Moose's Mulligans. Thanks for listening in. Make sure to do us another favor and go to facebook.com slash moosesmulligans and give us a like. Go to twitter.com slash moosesmulligans, give us a follow. And check out moosesmulligans.weebly.com, the official website with all the latest news on the show. That's all I got for you this week. Remember, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I will see you next week right here on Moose's Mulligans. Thank you.